Grace, mercy, and peace from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we have spoken of and as we know, these are difficult times. Difficult times that are the family of God here in San Luis Obispo at Zion Lutheran is not able to congregate with each other and with our Lord in this location specifically even though we are doing our best online. But I think what is also very difficult for people is not being able to participate in the Holy Supper that our Lord instituted on that first Monday, Thursday. But I'm here to reassure you, though, of one thing, that the Word of God and His Holy Sacrament carry both the same power, and it's the Word. So that you are honestly being refreshed each and every day as we open the word for our daily devotions, we are growing in our faith. Tonight, as I mentioned, historically we've always spoken about Holy Communion, and I, I will do that again. As Jeff had read our lessons, our Old Testament and our Epistle lessons, it's a fascinating combination of confirming what God has in store for us I want to look specifically, if I may, this, this evening at our Old Testament lesson, Exodus chapter 24. And I want you to draw the significance uh, of Holy Communion through that as Moses spoke to his people. So God here in Exodus 24 makes a covenant with his people, the Israelites. Now, a covenant is simply a formal agreement, typically between two parties. Now, in our case here, the parties are God and the Israelites, and Moses really plays the mediator in this uh, text. And he is describing, or the covenant is the book of the covenant, which is the law, or as we know it, the Decalogue, or the Ten Commandments of God. And ever since uh, the, the escape from Egypt, the parting of the Red Sea, we know right after that took place was the Passover, which has obviously tremendous significance when it comes to the Lord's Supper. But we see a different significance, even though it is tied directly into the Passover this evening. But ever since uh, Exodus 20, there have been a couple of occasions where the Israelites chimed in about being obedient and following the laws of God. When I refer to Exodus 20, referring to when Moses received the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. For example, in Exodus, it states, the people state, we will do everything the Lord has said. Now, in our Old Testament lesson, Specifically, what we have is the ratification of the covenant between God and his people. And it was very important that the people understood exactly what they were to do. And what were they to do? They were to follow God's commands, his law. Now, a public ratification of a covenant in our day and age would be, let's say, as a banker. A banker and somebody who's taking out a loan. 
You can talk about it all you want, but as much and important as it is, there has to be a specific time and a specific uh, place to where the ratification takes place, the signing of the documents, so to speak. At this point of the ratification... There are two offerings that are made. There is a peace offering and a burnt offering, but both are dealing with the blood of a young oxen. Now, the blood is divided into two parts and placed into two basins. And one of those basins of blood was thrown against the altar in which Moses and the people made. At this point, um, Moses... uh, is the mediator and the book of the covenant is are the laws of God and so what happens as he throws that blood against the altar the people say and this is kind of their signature so to speak all that the Lord has spoken we will do and we will be obedient the blood was divided into two to represent the two parties involved in the covenant, God and the Israelites. Now, it wasn't a mixture, and I think this is important. It's not a mixture of the bloods. It's two distinctive bowls of blood which represent God and his people. It's not a mixture like when we were children, at least I know that was the case with me, and your best friend, you know, you want to make a blood covenant or a blood brother, and you cut yourself and you put your arms together, and you're, it seems, eternal. But actually, it's a separation of one blood. It was the young animal's blood, which was to take place instead of a human It was a sacrifice of that animal. And in that sacrifice was the atoning power of God. It brought the people and God back into fellowship with each other, which was utterly destroyed at the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve fell into sin. Therefore, really, the blood is powerful and it's crucial as we noticed in two of our texts this evening, that without blood there is no forgiveness. Life in this setting, in this ratification, the blood brought about renewal to mankind. And it came from death, the death of the animal. Now, the other basin of blood was taken, and this is God's side of the covenant to his people, and that's why it was thrown out amongst the people and onto the people to show the people that he would keep his word. And it says, Behold the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made. It's really important to know that this unifies God and his people as one. Now, the the covenant was made upon what? The book of the covenant. The promise, the agreement was made upon God's word. And how long was this covenant to be? The covenant or the agreement between God and his people was to be forever. As long as the people kept the law. God kept his part. But oh, how the Israelites failed. 
They couldn't even keep the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And we know that because, listen to the words of God in the book of Hosea. When I found Israel, God said, it was like finding grapes in the desert. When I saw your fathers, it was like seeing the early fruit on the fig tree. But when they came to Baal, they consecrated themselves to that shameful idol and became as vile as the thing they loved. And then finally, God says in his word, I will reject them because they have not obeyed me and they will be wanderers among the nations. We know the rest of the story. We know that from that point on, the Israelites wandered in the wilderness, lost for 40 years. But God did something different. <laughs> he did something that he did not have to do at all, and he did it simply out of his love for not just the Israelites, but for all mankind. Paul says it in Galatians. The law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster. God uses his law this very day, and his law is good, and his law is holy. But his law only leads us to Christ our Lord, the Messiah who came. So now the arrival of Jesus Christ comes in all time and eternity, and he has now made a new covenant, a new agreement between God and not just the Israelites, but all people. And guess what? It too was also a blood covenant but not with the blood of an animal, but the blood of Jesus Christ, God and man at the same time. The blood of, so to speak, of an animal as John the Baptist defines Christ, behold, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. Our Lord's blood is full of grace and full of mercy. And now the new covenant supersedes the old covenant. Now, after the old covenant was ratified, the people would go and break bread together and participate in a meal. And now in our new covenant, which was ratified on that time that Christ was in the upper room with his disciples, when he took the Passover meal and ratified it into a new meal, his supper. And there in that upper room, I can just picture Christ holding up the chalice and saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. So how is it that now we receive this new covenant? Once again, God has been faithful. He's been faithful more so than we could ever imagine by giving us his own son. But it comes to us this very day by faith. 
Do you believe in Christ? That he was the son of God? That he died? That he rose for you? By faith, we have now been made righteous. Therefore, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness sake to everyone though who believes has eternal life. Amen. And now may the peace that passes all human understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.